All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Football Edition. Jeff here. Dan, what's up, dude? Long time no see. Uh, long time no see, man. Uh, yeah, it's been many moons, but, uh, you know, we we were pretty confident going to the Orange Bowl. Uh, and, you know, we, we still had a, a phenomenal season. Obviously, didn't uh, go the way we were, you know, we wanted to keep going and we wanted to be the one uh, to get the crown. But uh, it is what it is, man. But uh, coming off uh, an Orange Bowl loss, we, we had a little uh, postseason uh, drama going on here the last uh, about a month and a half. Yeah, you know what? We had initially planned on having uh, more episodes. Obviously, Michigan gets thumped, and it wasn't necessarily because they lost. We didn't drop a pod. I know you had gone through some sickness, and uh, life kind of just catches up with us. And yeah, we just hadn't uh, hadn't really had time to to drop a new pod. But here we are, and yeah, it's a little disappointing that Michigan fell to Georgia, but it is somewhat reassuring that not only did they spank us, they, they kind of spanked Bama too on their way to a national championship. So, um, cost the second best team cost the third best team, regardless Michigan finished third it was their highest placing since like 1997. So, uh, fantastic year, uh, being Ohio state, winning a big 10 championship, making a college football playoff appearance. Did it win end up the way we wanted? No, but, Soon after, we start hearing rumblings of uh, of Mr. Mr. Jim Harbaugh, you know, and this had become kind of a what's the word I'm a yearly routine that Jim Harbaugh's name surfaces in NFL coaching searches, right? So Black Monday comes wrong, coaches are getting hacked every which way, um, and the the first the first team that kind of came up was your beloved Raiders, uh. Obviously, the the Raiders had fired their coach, John Gruden, midway through the season. Um, They bring in an interim guy who has a ton of success, leads them to the playoffs. Um, I mean, definitely got them peaking at the right moment and the end of the year. And I'm sure you can speak on that as a Raiders fan. I guess let's stop right there. Go ahead and fill in the blanks. Your feelings towards Harbaugh's name surfacing for the Raiders, where the Raiders were at that point in time, and where you thought – the actual legitimacy of this of this name fitting in the piece of the puzzle. Well, I gotta say, I was as a Raiders fan, I was kind of intrigued by it. Um, you know, I I'll say this, you know, twenty after the twenty eighteen season, I wanted Harbaugh out of out of Ann Arbor. I thought I've seen enough, and you know, over time, and especially after twenty twenty one, I kind of um, forgave him for all of. Uh, we we spoke on it. We kind of forgave him of. The, the hardships that we've gone through, but regardless, I was I was like, wow, if this is legitimate, let's make it happen. I would I would have been happy with that. He's got a lot of ties to the NFL, coaching uh, colleagues uh, from past jobs all over the NFL. He could he could swoop up a, a staff pretty quickly and a, and a good one. And at that time, we were also looking at uh, the Indianapolis Colts GM. Um, I think Dodds. So. Uh, it was looking pretty good, um, and and a lot of the Raider Nation were kind of putting all their eggs in that basket. But the thing is, is with the coaching rumors that happened, and especially with the Jim Harbaugh ones, we all know that uh, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, and you have to just kind of let everything play out because, you know, in hindsight, it looked like Jim Harbaugh was interested in the Raiders, and the Raiders weren't necessarily uh, interested in Jim Harbaugh. 
Um, so, I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, it, uh, it, 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 it shook out the way it did. Now, what was the second part of your question? Yeah. So I, I well, not necessarily a second part. I'm, I'm kind of getting there, but then obviously, so that, that Raiders situation kind of passes. Right. Right. But, but the rumors aren't going away. Now they shift right. to my, they shift to Miami and right. Steven Ross, a huge Michigan booster. Basically, comes he's the owner of the Miami Dolphins, for those of you that don't know. Um, he comes out and says, I'm not going to be the guy that takes Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't have to worry about Miami. So that C kind of kind of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michigan fans like me, I, gosh, I felt like I was tweeting this daily and posting on Facebook daily. Jim Harbaugh ain't going anywhere. I was mm-hmm. pretty confident in that. And I kept saying that, like, this is just like smoke and mirrors. Then the opportunity presents itself for Harbaugh to interview and does on National Signing Day. Over your, I, I mean, obviously we had we had sort of halfway texted about this. What were your initial reactions to this once it became true? Uh, with Jim Harbaugh having interest of leaving, yeah, it, it was. It kind of pissed me off a little bit, to be honest with you, Jeff. Um, I mostly because it was just a really. It was just poor timing. With National Signing Day, I mean, they signed the bulk of their class on the early signing period as much as other, a lot of other schools did too. But there was a lot of uh, players in the balance. I think one player ended up committing to Oklahoma, and they were kind of on the fence with Michigan. Um, I can't think of it was the kid's name. The wide receiver maybe. I can't remember. And so I thought it was just poor timing. And – after and this was after we've lost McDonald, he's going back to the Ravens. And I'm like, did McDonald? And we're we we don't we'll never know the the real story. But well, did McDonald leave because Jim Harbaugh told his assistants, "Hey, I'm in, I'm I'm testing the waters," or was it you know some other reason? But I just thought it was really bad timing on Jim Harbaugh's uh, part. Um, and then to actually fly all the way to Minneapolis, have the interview for what looks to be like a nine hour interview. And for the first six hours on the rumor mill was the interview was, was going well. And then the last three hours or whatever, there came to be some sort of either a mutual agreement or just kind of a, uh, I wait or a mind awakening of, you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back to Ann Arbor and, and now then that, then, People see that triggered that Gaddis left, um, and we'll touch that on in a second. But yeah, you know, let's just, uh, don't get too far. Right, but again, I, I just felt like this was his place to stay. Um, obviously, we'll never know the, the, what's going on in his mind completely. Is it you know did he test the waters because he wasn't happy with getting his pay cut? Um, does he is the Super Bowl still nag at him? And who knows? I mean, he says again, this will never happen again. But I mean, you can say just like Tom Brady retired, and then he goes and says, "Never say never." But you know, that's been probably buckled people. But either way, there's so much to this. So, like, I feel like we could literally talk about just Jim Harbaugh that storyline because obviously we weren't really. I mean, we were keeping up it. We were potting on it weekly. So it's like the the updates. Um, are so I mean they were so fluid, but for instance, I was so advocate that he wasn't leaving. Like a week prior to his interview, he was in Toledo watching a basketball game of a recruit for like 
for like next season even. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he was still on the recruiting trail. He's still visiting these people's houses. Um, if we remember, we'll talk about this later as far as what this means to the program, but he brought in defensive line coach Mike Elston from Notre yeah. Dame. Huge yeah. get. Um, and it's like, yeah, you think Harbaugh's leaving when he's out there bringing in new coaching staff? Right. Right. It, it didn't even it didn't even like remotely like trigger me like Harbaugh's gone. And then Mike McDonald leaves. He leaves before the, the interview. And to me, that was. OK, you just gave your rental back. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, Harbaugh exchange, basically. Hey, bro, I need a defensive coordinator. Well, I got my linebackers coach, Mike McDonald. He's definitely ready for that promotion. Here you go. Well, then the Ravens lose their defensive coordinator. It's like, all right, Jim, I'm going to need him back now. Mm-hmm. And John's like, appreciate or you know, you know, he tells John, thanks. Appreciate it. Here you go. Um, I'll worry about that. You know what I mean? But then all of a sudden, Harbaugh's interviewing for the other purple team in the league outside of the Ravens, the Vikings. And it's like, the Vikings, Jim? Like, not the Bears where you played football. Not the not the Raiders that are a huge brand. Not the Colts that you played football for. Not even the Lions to stay in Michigan. Like, you're you're going to the Vikings? Like, legit? They have Kirk Cousins. Like, like what are you doing? Like, I was I was mind boggled, and like I, I, it it started to almost look real. And the thing about <laughs> and I got my, you know, I got a little humbled, you know, with, with Adam Scheffler breaking the Tom Brady story that turned out to be fake for a whole 24 hours. But um, all these reports coming down, Harbaugh leaving for Vikings job, Harbaugh leaving for Vikings job, Harbaugh to accept Vikings job. And basically, all in all, he doesn't leave. You know, so I don't know. I was... uh it wasn't really like an I told you so moment because it almost felt like it was a done deal. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't even flaunt like, well, I told you so. It didn't have that impact. It was like, do we even have Jim Harbaugh at this point? Like, is he actually, I know he says he's staying, but like, now what? Well, then just a couple of days later, and we'll here, let's just go ahead and get into this Josh Gaddis. So Josh Gaddis. I'm guessing what happened in this time that Hardball was interviewing for this job, they were looking for an oh shit replacement. Is that fair to say? If Hardball yeah. leaves today, who's going to be the head coach? Right. And it doesn't sound like it was going to be Josh Gaddis. And I think Josh Gaddis probably got somehow was told or somehow was tipped off. Like this isn't your job. If, if Jimbo leaves and, that obviously upset him and he felt like he was unwanted at the university and ends up lateraling. If you even consider it a lateral move, he laterals and takes the offensive coordinator position at the university of Miami, the U the hurricanes. Um, what's, what's your interpretation there before we get into any rumors or anything, what was just your interpretation of him leaving for Miami? Oh, again, just like with the, uh, with the, the, the Harbaugh on the plane, to. Minneapolis I'm just taking it back I'm like what the hell like this was completely random I'm like I I'm then you know I'm I'm you know one of my biggest things is continuity and and it's hard in 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 football whether it's pro or college and you can debate all day which is uh more or less but uh on the on the carousel but I like continuity and when you lost McDonald and then now Gaddis and it's starting to like 
starting things unravel a little bit in your mind. And it's like, man, we just won the Big Ten Championship. And I want to see our program stable. And to me, um, at first glance, it didn't look stable. And it's like, man, are we going to take a step back now or are we going to keep ascending further? You know what I mean? That was my first initial thing. Yeah, so and I, I, I'm right there with you. I don't really have much more to add than that. It was just like it was a little disappointing. Like, timeout. We literally just have our best season that we've had in a, over a decade, probably two decades. And our head coach wants to leave. Our defensive coordinator leaves. Our offensive coordinator is leaving. What in the hell is going on? Yeah. And, you know, you briefly touched on this, but, you know, I didn't really get a chance to. But, like, I thought the mo- the main reason Harbaugh even remotely tested the waters is, A, he was negotiating pay and also negotiating leverage for the NIL. It didn't seem like Michigan was really ready to put forth any effort into the NIL, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I have a little portion for that. But um, no- nothing ever seems to really come to. And we still haven't heard if Harbaugh got an updated contract. Like, that's still just – it's not even a thing, you know, um, but Josh Gaddis leaves and then the rumor comes out and I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and put it out there. Um, whether you want to believe it or not. So it sounds like Xavier worthy, a recruit from this past season that ended up leaving for Texas, which heavy rumors were Xavier worthy. Didn't go to Michigan for his academics. It turns out there's, there's a big rumor out there that Josh Gaddis slept with Xavier worthy's mom had, relations with her outside of the recruiting trail. What are your opinions on that? Do you think there's any truth to that? Regardless, do you think ultimately that's probably why he wasn't going to get the job? What What do you think? What were the factors of, of Gaddis leaving, I guess? You know, well, Gaddis, you know, sent a text. Before we get to the worthy thing real quick, Gaddis uh, sent a text message to the Michigan players or some, yes. Off- yes. some offensive Michigan players saying that he didn't feel very appreciated by the school. So when Harbaugh was r- rumored to leave or was hinting that he was leaving, Gaddis was probably assuming or at least thinking he had a shot at taking the HC spot. That Correct. didn't happen, so it probably t- uh, tipped him off a little bit. And so while the Minnesota crap's happening, he's obviously putting feelers out. So, you know, he probably just wanted to get out, and now he's in Miami and looks at as, as a lateral move. They got a lot of potential down there right now, especially with the coaching staff, so Miami could take off, who knows. But anyways, so uh, I think the Xavier Werther thing, I don't know if it really played into a fact of, of him leaving per se, personally, but obviously if it did come uh, you know, into more details with the school and, and with uh, his, the, the, the upper brass, you know, maybe that did, uh, maybe that was thrown at his face, you know. And it's not a good look. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a rumor. No one's really talking about it. It's not like breaking news right now. Or, or It's not. Online. It's going so, way under the radar. So, I mean, you, no one's going to talk about it, you know, after this pod, really. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, it definitely took me aback. Well, I mean, there's there's probably two ways you can look at this. And I don't want to really get into, like, heavy speculation but um there was a reason josh gaddis wasn't going to be the runner-up for the head coaching spot is it because he potentially did something with xavier worthy's mom and they know that is it because he's black is it because he's just not seen as the guy but then again who was seen as the guy you know what i mean is michigan the the type of program where we only hire big-time hires now is that 
if so, that's, I guess that's a good thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that there's obviously got to be some reason why Gaddis would just up and leave knowing the kind of offense that he was bringing back and the kind of opportunity that would have been there this season for him to then go get a head coaching spot elsewhere, not necessarily at Michigan. Would you agree? You know, uh, with all these offensive pieces coming back, like yeah. I, I would imagine it would only be better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, man, where are we at now? So Harbaugh, obviously we, I mean, we could talk about that for hours. G- Gaddis, obviously he's gone. He goes to Miami. We just will talk about that staff changes though. Um, so McDonald's out, Gaddis is out. That means we, we're going to need some replacements, right? So those replacements come in the hand of, so offensive coordinator split up into two is what I'm seeing. Yep. If you're seeing that yep. too, it's yep. Matt, Matt wise, who's going to be the quarterback's coach and co-offensive coordinator. And then Sharon Moore, who my Lord just put together the best offensive line performance in Michigan in a long time. He's going to be the other co-offensive coordinator. What do you think about the co-offensive coordinator moves? Well, um, again, these guys have been in the program, so and they, they know Harbaugh well. So they're new faces to us, but to them, uh, I think everyone's going to be on the same page, uh, per se. But Sharon Moore, I mean, it was his first season coaching offensive linemen in 2021, and they got the award for the best unit in the whole in the whole country. Um, so with them, you know, sharing the play calling duties. I mean, ultimately, it's fully, ultimately, I think it's going to run through uh, through Jim anyway, and um, so yeah. I mean, with Gaddis, you know, Gaddis would try to do the speed and space thing, and let's be honest, at first it was kind of shaky. They had a few games in 2019 where it worked pretty well. 2020, Joe Milton project was an absolute train wreck disaster, and this year kind of clicked because Gaddis and and Harbaugh's philosophy is kind of married into one and made like a hybrid version of a spread and a power run at the same time. So I don't think we're going to see much of a difference. Uh, I think they're going to just continually to utilize the strengths of the team. So uh, I think, I think it's going to be pretty, a a pretty nice little uh, duo here, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, And any, at this point, I mean, this, this stuff, it's coming off a successful season and this happened. Now we're talking, it's close to, it's, it's basically February when this is all going down. Like we need some continuity, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Continuity. Um, but with, with McDonald going back to, to the Ravens, we bring in Jesse Minter, um, defensive coordinator. And he was from Vanderbilt, correct? Yes. Vanderbilt. Yep. One season at Vanderbilt. Yep. So, the ties here is he basically coached on the raving staff under, under John Harbaugh and with McDonald and basically is going to run the exact same system. So that's kind of, that's kind of promising. What do you think about the hire? Uh, I like it. And you know, a lot of, especially the house, they, uh, they, they would tweet something about, about this guy getting hired. And then when Michigan fans would uh, retort, then it was like, Oh, they just, they think I'm serious. I'm really joking. But honestly, like, even though he's at Vanderbilt and their ranks in terms of statistics is, is on the back end. Right. But when, after he got there, he improved them from 2020. So where they were at now or then till now is not a nine day difference, but an improvement. You can only do so much in one year, especially at, um, 
literally the Rutgers of the SEC. So, um, not mad about it. They keep they got uh, Stephen Klingskill still, and so he's the co DC. So again, new faces to us, um, but the formula is still there. Um. So Michigan, obviously, Harbaugh's out. You know, interviewing for the for the Vikings during National Signing Day, they they signed the bulk of their class um, in early signing period. End up finishing eighth. Do you have some news and notes that you want to add on some last second commits? I know you kind of had uh, that. Not, here. not really, but they 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 actually. Uh, I think the kid's last name is Cabana. I'm really horrible with recruiting names. So yes, like that's for next year. Is it yes. is it but, but is it they, Carlos they, Cabana? Is that his name? I don't think Chris maybe. He's uh okay. he's they're calling him like the next Christian McCaffrey because he's a white kid. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but he's a Michigan State fan. They got him to go it's, to it's to Cole event. Cabana out of Dexter, Michigan for the 2023 class. He's there a four star. There you go. Four star running back. Runs a four three. Top, top ten in the in the state. So yeah, even though that's next year, that that's what they got. Um, yep. and I mean I don't really have any um, I don't think I don't even know if they even got national signing day commits, or I think they got maybe a three star. Um, linebacker, I can't, or wide receiver. Um, but the only recruiting news, or if you want to call it recruiting news, that I heard was when Jim Harbaugh was testing the waters. I think this was around when uh, the, the Raiders was in the mix. Um, he was telling apparently Will Johnson, who we just got, who's a five star corner from Michigan for this class, uh, yeah. saying that he is, uh, he's got his feelers out. So, other than that, that's really all of the recruiting trail that I've heard. Yeah, and it didn't seem to scare any of the recruits away. Um, and, and, and I'm going to bring this right back up because I want to kind of shift to this. So one of the things that I thought Harbaugh was kind of fighting for was a beefed-up NIL program. Mm-hmm. How that was going to happen, I don't really know. I know there's – I've heard some other things like Texas basically guarantees any offensive lineman that comes to Texas, no matter what recruit you are, it's fifty grand. Right there. They're just going to pay you just like that. You know, there's there's a lot of talk that this uh, this quarterback that just joined USC was basically who's willing to pay me two million dollars for the seat. You know, what I mean, like it's 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 gotten to that point um, without sharing and boring everybody with the details here. It sounds like Michigan, um, they open the Victor's Exchange platform to the public. So basically. In my in my reading, I've read over this kind of twice just to kind of get an idea here. But it's basically Michigan helping these players ink NIL deals. It's their way of uh, of communicating with the outside, trying to bring in these additional additional deals. Michigan was the first school to provide a uniform jersey licensing program for the student athletes, basically allowing you to put their name and numbers on the back of a jersey, um, get them ordered, and they get paid for those. Uh, right, have- like, uh, like, uh, I don't. I'll interrupt you real quick. Let You're me good. Do, do, You're good. But uh, I was, uh, I'm an avid Michigan hockey fan, and I went to one of the games um, a few weeks ago, and all their hockey players have long t-shirts sleeve, and blue stuff. T-shirt, blue, yep. blue t-shirts with the name of jersey, and I and I bought one. So the money that I purchased with that shirt went to uh, Maddie Beneers, who's the I think the second overall pick in the NHL. Entry draft, but anyway, sorry. Now, 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 real quick, the T-shirts that Michigan was selling this year for the football team and the basketball team; those were forty bucks. Were they forty bucks for the hockey team too? Uh, More or less. Do you it, remember? I think it was. I think it was like either twenty or thirty. 
Okay, so even cheaper. Yeah. Wow, for the hockey, yeah. that's that's great. Yeah. Obviously, football, basketball, those are premium premium mm. teams and stuff. But mm. um, I think it's I think it's super special. I think it's something that a lot of teams will start to do as well mm. for their athletes. Um, but I wanted to get in just quickly to some of the things that they're basically promising for these kids, part of this NIL deal that they've uh, started. So what they're going to do for the NIL is education and personal branding. So helping you with your name, image, likeness, education, and updates. Uh, They're going to contract law uh, basics. Okay. Uh, Agent and representative education. That's huge. Especially for the next level, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Personal finance and tax law, investing and resource management, business formation, social media, and personal marketing, education, data analysis, branding strategies, helping these athletes kind of get their name out there and make money. Um, the NIL marketplace access. So ongoing information on the marketplace opportunities for the student athletes um, in the infrastructure, the compensation, digital systems for all aspects of the NIL, the agreement disclosures and compliance um, and then content sharing, which is basically to allow um fast photo and video library so basically everything in the in the photo and video library um is going to be available for them too so i don't know i think this is it's a step in the right direction it just shows that they're really trying here and it seems like everybody's kind of beaten on this drum that michigan's not doing anything in the nil world which i i just don't think that's true it doesn't look to be true at least Opinions on all that that I just kind of went over. Uh, I, I think it's huge because, you know, Michigan is is not like Harvard, but, you know, academics is always, you know, it's it's kept players in the past, you know, from, from getting admitted. Uh, however, um, I think this will kind of, um, I don't know, just just make it more intriguing. Obviously, you have to, you have to one-up your rivals so have to you have to and and so you don't want to be you want to be left in the dust and especially with the ohio state the sec north and and the sec itself uh you gotta you gotta show them what's up man so i'm I'm glad that they did it It took a little bit longer than i wanted it to but um it's definitely it's something that came across my twitter feed uh probably about an hour and a half two hours ago so i haven't really got to dive into it too much uh too much in depth but uh other than what you said but um, it's good news, man. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get into this mailbag here? Uh, before we yeah, before we get to the mailbag, the coaches also uh, the, going back to the Mike Elston uh, Notre Dame guy. The, uh, he's been a defensive line coach there since like the 2011 2012 season at Notre and, Dame. Yeah, and looking at his bio, and I'm thinking I'm like, man, the, Notre Dame's had a lot of phenomenal defensive lineman roll through there since then and he's the recruiting coordinator as of right now so uh, I think that is a, a, a phenomenal hire um, just in with with everything that comes with that you know what I mean like uh, Stefan to I mean he's got a I think he's yes. played under him thinking about that so yeah um, I think it's huge and also uh, Grant Newsom uh, I think he was a grad assistant already on staff. Now he's coaching the tight ends. Jay Harbaugh was coaching tight ends. Now Jay Harbaugh is going to special teams and safeties. Uh, but Grant Newsom, if, no, if Michigan fans, if you uh, if you forget or you hear the name, you kind of think uh, bring some familiarity to you. Um, he was our left tackle, and he was not necessarily the next Jake Long, but he was ascending pretty heavily uh, in his with his draft stock and was a top prospect for us in the Big Ten. 
and uh, I forget if it was against like Maryland or Wisconsin or somebody uh, in one of the games. I think it was early in the season, so it was probably not the Big Ten team. Uh, he took a helmet right to his kneecap and almost lost his leg, like Alex Smith style. And um, he obviously isn't playing or didn't play after that. Uh, on you know for Michigan or any other program, but he's on the on the staff as a tight ends coach. But um, other than that, we really we got to it. And real quick too. I should say, is Mike Hart, is our run game coordinator, running backs coach. As much as I want him to be in Wolverine again for as long as possible, this may or may not be Mike Hart's last season at Ann Arbor. He he is um, apparently, you know, being talked a lot about about getting the uh, the, the head coaching spot at somewhere um, as a nice little starter gig. So if you're a big Mike Hart fan like I am appreciate him now because i don't think he's going to be staying too uh too much longer yeah the thing is is like michigan hit some home runs last year coordinator spots and in different ads and drops and um bringing in mcdonald from the ravens obviously was huge uh you could argue that mike hart was even bigger because of how great the running games were the running backs were and the running game was last year and obviously more with the offensive line play um Bringing in Elson out of Notre Dame, I mean this this could be this could be one of those things that just kind of puts us over the top, especially if this defense is going to be ran as close to McDonald's was, like they're saying it's going to be. Obviously, the offense is still kind of a question mark, but a lot of the same pieces coming back. Um, lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. Um. All right. Are we we good now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first question comes in from Kyle Miller. Uh, does CJ Stroud regress with losing Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson? Or do you think Smith and Jigba will be enough? So there's a comment on here. Did you even watch the Rose Bowl? <laughs> hmm. so first off, I mean, the Rose Bowl is one game. Uh, let's start off by saying that. But Kyle, I think ultimately, man, I think – you know, if you did watch the Rose Bowl, you, you're not going to throw for 600 yards a game or 500 yards a game and not going to have 300 yards receiving from Smith and Jigba. But you have to feel pretty good about what you've seen there. But at the same time, I think it's very – I think it's probably arrogant to think that two first-round round receivers like Chris Olave and, and Garrett Wilson aren't going to be missed. So, um, you know – you have Smith and Jigba's name, but you don't have Marvin Harrison's name. I thought Marvin Harrison was an absolute stud in the Rose Bowl, and nobody talks about it because as good as uh, and Jigba played. So ultimately, I think Ohio State's offense is going to be just fine. Yeah, you- I, and yeah, but yeah, if yeah, definitely the Rose Bowl was a coming out party for for the younger guys. I think I think CJ Stroud is going to keep getting better and better and better. And until like I've said it a million times in different situations. Uh, we're describing Ohio State and kind of in Michigan in the same in the same uh, same way. Like until something is proven otherwise, Ohio State quarterbacks, man, they're not bad ever. Like it's very rarely is a bad Ohio State quarterback in college. Um, so I think Stroud is going to keep getting better. Um, and when you're getting five star wide receivers in, like Ohio State does, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but 
there was just a, just an endless stable of talent. And um, I think the Jigba is going to be a PPR machine next season. And they're going to be, you're going to see the next era of wide receivers here in Columbus. Um, Zach Allison brings in the question, who is going to be Michigan's new offensive coordinator? Well, this is why we waited a couple days because <laughs> that's now been, that's now been answered. But uh, yeah, Zach, um, sounds like my, Matt Wise and Sherwin Moore are going to spare that role. Jen Fisher writes in, how will Michigan's defensive recover from losing so many key players? So not talking about coordinators here, we're talking about players. Obviously, we're talking Aiden Hutchinson, we're talking Ajabo, we're talking Dex Hill. Gosh, we're talking Brad Hawkins, we're talking mm. just dudes gone. Um Josh Ross, I'm I'm forgetting others, but it is it's the biggest question mark going into next season. Would you agree? Is that with the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, a lot of holes to fill. So, what do you think? How will Michigan's defense recover from losing all those? Uh, well, the only, the only way they recover is if uh, the the next in line, you know, step up and the coaches put them in a position to succeed. Um, you know, also losing Vincent Gray too. Did you say Vincent Gray? And um, I did not. Was, but Vincent Gray is gone. Yeah, but he had a, he had a phenomenal season. So now you're going to be looking he, at. He was my most improved last year. Right, and now you're going to be looking at uh, DJ Turner, who will be a senior. So you're going to have to. Um, you want him to take the next step forward, and absolutely. And you're probably going to see some Will Johnson, especially when you're going in nickel. Um, I don't think there's any question. I think he'll be right. a day one starter. Right, and um, so a lot of these guys that came in the 2020 and 21 class. Um, or the 2019, yeah, 2019, 2020 class, those guys are going to be huge. Um, and obviously the defensive line is going to be the biggest problem or not the biggest problem, but the biggest, uh, uh, shoes to fill. Who knows? Um, you know, junior Colson, I know is, was got a lot of playing time this year. I think, uh, he'll probably be taking over, um, the, 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 um, the Ross, Ross, the Mike linebacker spot. Yeah. Right. I know right. what you're saying. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, Junior Colson was a fen- phenomenal freshman next year la- or last year. Him and DJ Turner were definitely going to be two of the stars that we know for a fact are going to make their input right away. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously we're hoping Will Johnson gets in there. And there's some other guys too. And, and you know, 365 days ago we weren't talking about David Ajabo, and now he's going to be a first round pick probably. So mm-hmm. we don't know what kind of studs are on that defensive line. And ch- chances are, a lot of those studs probably didn't get to see the field because of how good Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo were. So, um, Brad Eppert writes in, not Brad as in my co-host, but Brad as in his father. Should Michigan trust Jim after this run around with the NFL? You want to start or you want me to start? I'll let you start. Uh, should we trust him? It's hard to say. Uh, I would like to think so, um, but a lot can obviously happen. If he goes on a, a tangent where he, like the next five years, let's say, and Jim Harbaugh wins at least two, maybe three Big Ten championships, I think he'll entertain the idea once more. Um, 
he's still fairly uh, in good health and in age where the NFL run on the, on, the, on the later part of his career as a head coach, uh, you can't rule it out, I don't think. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I think that he didn't get a lot of interest this year because, uh, I mean, he had a phenomenal 2021 campaign. But if, like I said, if he strings like two, maybe three more championships in the next five years, I'm going to be talking rumor mill again. Uh, the only thing about my my uh, prediction there is the Big Ten is considering changing the alignment of the conference. So, I mean, who knows where the conference will be at in five years. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the one thing that we need to just kind of remember is Jim Harbaugh is a really competitive guy like really competitive. And I don't think he wanted to leave Michigan, but we kind of pinned him against the corner, forced him to coach with a hand tied behind his back, you know, by cutting his pay and basically saying, if you can't, you know, do this, this, and this, then we're not going to pay you what you're worth. And he goes out and literally does this, this, and this. I think he was a little frustrated with everything, you know, just because you think just because you say that you would coach for free because of how much you love this job doesn't mean you want to coach for free. You know what I mean? You could love your job and you could say, I would do this for less, but at the same time, you're worth what you want to be paid, you know? Mm. And also the competitive factor is Jim Harbaugh lost the Super Bowl. He didn't win it. If he won that Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers, I don't think we're having this conversation. It's one of those things where he just knows what he's capable of. And if he were to win a national championship with Michigan next year, I think he would 100% leave because he knows for absolute fact, and it's already fact now. I don't think it's really disputable, but he would be leaving Michigan way better than he ever received it. And he would be okay. He was, I think he was okay. I didn't think he would be, but looking back, he was okay leaving Michigan this year because of, the coaching staff that he has in place, the stars he has in place, the culture that's been built. I think he was okay with leaving because he's like, this program won't falter. They'll be okay. And as a Michigan man, I can, I can leave with my head held high knowing that I did my absolute best. And now I can go pursue my other dream, not just to coach Michigan, but to win a Super Bowl. So I don't think we can fault him for that. And, you know, Brad, I know you're asking the question, but I'm just going to speak here. It's like, Jim Harbaugh deserves what Jim Harbaugh wants. And if he doesn't want to be the head coach of Michigan for 10 years, then I don't think we need to not trust him. I think we just need to trust that he's making the right decision for both himself and the program. Because as a true Michigan man, I don't think he would do anything to harm the program. I don't think him, and you know, a lot of people were upset with this that he, he interviewed on national signing day, but he, he had that class locked up. Like it just doesn't seem like we really missed out on too much. And um, Yeah. That's really all I got. Uh, Jen writes in again, who wins the starting quarterback job next year? JJ or Cade? It's obviously early. No spring practice even conducted yet. But what are your predictions for next year? Or is it somebody else? Well, judging by what history has shown us, uh, what I want and what Jim Harbaugh is going to do is going to be two different things. Uh, I think he's going to roll with Cade. Uh, he's shown at least in Michigan he's always been super loyal um the following season to a quarterback given the eligibility status obviously you can take out uh Rudock and you can take out John Corn 
But um, I guess I guess we can really can only look at it like with the whole Dylan McCaffrey and Shea Patterson thing. Um, you know, he was extremely loyal to Shea Patterson, no matter how many people clamored for Dylan, and no matter just kind of like how we've seen this past season. Um, I think that JJ is far more talented than Cade. I love Cade. I I appreciate you know you and I both appreciate what he what he did for this program this season, and it's not he's not a bad quarterback by any means. He's a great leader, and um, a lot of the games were won because of him, and he showed out in some of the biggest spotlights. But uh, JJ has got a very high ceiling, and uh, if it's not going to be a rush from a lot of uh, back and forth like we've seen. In 2021, I think that um, I I think K will start. I want JJ to start. Um, yeah, I disagree. I think that uh, after Harbaugh got to see what Cade was able to do um, against a, a great SEC opponent, I think he had seen enough. And once he made that move to JJ in that second half of that or late, I shouldn't even say the second half, late in that third quarter or fourth quarter or whatever yeah. it was, when he goes to J.J. in the Orange Bowl, I think that that had been the changing of the guard. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, and I I, I had to answer this question so many different times, not just on the podcast, but just different people's Facebook posts. I felt like I needed to chime in or whatever. But if Cade McNamara would have won the national championship, you physically would not have been able to take the job from him. It, it wouldn't have been morally right, but he didn't. Or, or, or if they would have beat Georgia and lost in the, in the, in the natty, he probably could say the same. Yeah, probably. Probably. If he even gets us to that national championship, we're probably talking about it. But unfortunately, he looked really rough. You know, not, not all his fault, not even close to being all his fault. But, um, yeah, I think that you just have to kind of move on and understand that the way that the the new college football is being played is is probably more for JJ than it is for Cade. And I think Jim's going to probably um understand that too. Mm-hmm. Uh Brad Eppert Jr this time. He is the uh, official co-host of Real Talk. He writes in, "Is it appropriate <laughs> He's so sarcastic. Is it appropriate to assume the people who have the power in college football show signs of declining and low intelligence levels by not expanding the playoffs? (laughs) (laughs) Do do we need more than four teams? Absolutely. I agree. We won't get too much more into it. Uh, Michigan's options for offensive and defensive coordinator. Those have already been filled. Glenn. Um, thanks I'm for so writing. glad we waited. In hindsight, I'm glad we waited because we would have made some wild predictions and accusations. Yeah, and we would have to do another one to clean up the mess. <laughs> you know, minutes after Josh Gaddis had um, announced that he was leaving, I immediately posted on Facebook. I was texting the group. I was like, "Get Joe Brady on the phone immediately." <laughs> Turns out he's in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Look out for them next year. I'm a huge Joe Brady fan. Um. Jeff Halbert writes in, does Michigan have something against players having NIL deals? Again, if we hadn't waited, maybe this is a different (laughs) conversation, but Michigan definitely looks to be um, moving in the right direction there. The next one's great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I should get into this, but 
writes Carl Milley writes in, will Real Talk be pulling its content from Spotify? <laughs> well, I did tell everybody that Michigan was going to beat Georgia by like 10 points, so maybe we should pull our, our misinformation here. Um, oh, Jamie Lado, all the good questions we're taking. So <laughs> do you think Xavier Worthy calls Josh Gaddis dad? My goodness. Oh. <laughs> Why did I read that? It's on the pod. Jamie, if you weren't such a loyal listener, I wouldn't have read that. But (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you. Um, Yeah, that's that's all I got for questions. What else? uh, You got anything else? Did we – was the NIL deal the what you wanted to touch on that you hit it? Yep, yep, got that. Yeah, I think that's about it, man. Um, We're in a part of the season. uh, For me, uh, I'm in a part of the – the year the calendar year where um normally i'm pretty religious uh michigan basketball fan but they're, they're struggling is making it really hard to watch them um the women hoops are top five i believe they're killing it uh michigan hockey is four in the nation they're killing it they got nhl studs all over the roster however they sent half half their uh their damn rosters to the olympics because yeah they're just that damn good so the hockey team is probably gonna uh drop a few series here for a month or so um but um i mean michigan football man it's always going to be number one and hopefully this fall we can uh we can run it back yeah, you know, for those of you that are wondering, you know, you guys are ever going to end up talking hoops. I'm sure we'll probably talk maybe a Big Ten tournament episode here. It marches out around the corner, probably NCAA tournament episode as well. Um, Michigan does have a really big game tomorrow night, and if they can win it, it's definitely something they can build on. Um, they're hosting number three, Purdue. Um, this just goes to show you how bad Michigan's been over the last couple of weeks. It seems like every single one of their games is played at 9 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it's tough, um, but hosting number three when you get you went to West Lafayette less than a week ago and took them to the brink, it's promising. But we'll see. Maybe yeah, we'll see. and 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 now with Michigan State being a rescheduled game, I think they have after um, that one point win last night. Yeah, I think they are due for like five games within like like ten days or something like that. Because so they have the they have Purdue tomorrow. Yep. And then Saturday, they ha- they host Ohio State. So two top 10 teams in a three-day period, and they literally played last night. So, they, yeah, that's three games in six in five days. And then they have, I believe, even more. MSU. MSU is the following – I don't know. It's coming I up. I'm, I it's coming MSU up. MSU pretty soon. But either way, yeah. either way they got, a, they got, a, they got a, a gauntlet here coming up. So they can either yeah. – they can either make themselves a fringe bubble team or they can just get, you know, pounded in the sand. But, but yeah, man, it is, it's definitely a lot of raw talent and you and I both, I mean, the whole country, especially the Michigan fans were, you know, we were preseason ranked pretty high. We thought Top five. this was going to, yeah, we thought this was going to be, you know, pick up where we left off, but man, they, uh, they, they are still finding themselves in February and it's, it's very disappointing, but it is what it is, man. Yeah, I think a lot of that is just like the fact that, and we've talked about this a little bit going back, but this is the worst point guard play that's been under the Michigan basketball realm in quite some time. And a lot of people will be like, well, Xavier Simpson, I mean, Xavier Simpson was a hell of a defender, a great pick and roll player, 
a very good leader. I mean, there's a lot of things that Xavier Simpson brought to the table that we just aren't seeing right now. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately, there's no perimeter shooting on this team at all. Xavier Simpson was surrounded with by um, perimeter shooters, Duncan Robinson being one of them. So, yeah, uh, no point guard play, no perimeter shooting. It's hard to win in college basketball these days with just that. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, too, is if we did a pod after every game, um, we would probably do pretty much the same type of discussion every time because every game, every single time, they look the same. And, and what, uh, what we did in the, in the preseason, you know, we really thought that if Brandon Johns could step up, uh, sky's the limit. And, you know, he's he's been pushed to the bench. And I think um, last night he hit a couple threes in the corner. But it's just not it's not enough. Need a, need a lot more of that. And, uh, you know, Caleb Houston is, you know, one, one hot game, one cold game. And I don't know. But, yeah, we can go on all day about Michigan hoops. But definitely would like to do a uh, Big Ten championship or Big Ten tournament. Uh, uh, chit chat. Uh, I will be going to Vegas in March, and it'll be um, the second week of March. So I'll be not at. I'll be the the week, the weekend of selection Sunday is when I'll be there. So, so uh, literally the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I'll I'll be flying back sun uh, Sunday morning on a red eye. So uh, that night will be uh, selection Sunday. Cold beans, cold beans. All right, well that's uh, pretty much a wrap. Unless you got something else. Nope, man. Glad we got that off our chest. And glad, again, we waited three days to, to say everything because, yeah, a lot happened in a week. Yeah, we were supposed to do this pod Monday when I when I had announced it, but I forgot that I was going out of town for work. It just wasn't going to work out, and it ended up working out better for us anyway. So thanks for sticking with us. Hope you guys are digging what we're doing. Um, we love Michigan. Too bad they're just in random-ass turmoil right now. But other than that, We'll see you guys next time, and go blue. Real talk. Go Bengals, go Burrow.